Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball with me, Joe and Sam. Hello. 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 Um, this is going to be our first podcast of the off-season. Uh, the hot stove is lukewarm, should we say? <laughs> um, yeah, that might be there's, generous. Is it? I don't know. There's, there's Some things have happened. Um, I don't know. I mean... You never know with baseball off-season if it's all going to happen straight away or it's going to happen in March. It's mainly been the latter for a yeah, while, hasn't it? Yeah, the last few years. The only, the only exception was last year. That's because there was a lockout coming. Um, mm. is, yeah, we've had the what qualifying offers a few minor trades. Well, there's been one or two slightly bigger trades, hasn't there? Yeah. Uh, Tiosco Hernandez went to the Mariners... Am I forgetting something? I don't know. Should we start with the qualifying offers there anyway? Yeah. What that's you usually got? kind of the kickoff point of the off season. Um, hashtag thoughts. Hashtag thoughts. Yeah. What have you got as thoughts of the qualifying well, my offers? My thoughts straight away are that it's kind of interesting that this is happening because that's one of the things the players. We're really pushing for, wasn't it, in the lockout to get rid of qualifying offers? Yeah. Um, so this is also is kind of this is only still happening because of selling the players kind of gave up in those negotiations. Um, and yeah, and it's it's always kind of interesting because the players that reject it, obviously, we end up with because the draft compensation, like might affect how much money they get or you know what teams actually want to get them and so on um yeah what this year what was it 12 no it's 14 players got qualifying offers only two accepted and 12 declined yeah i so it's interesting on what you said there because they did that was a big sticking point wasn't it the qualifying offer and maybe this says something about how unions work in general or definitely in sport only a very small percentage of players represented by that union get the qualifying offer for a lot of them that get it like most of those 12 it's irrelevant because they're going to get these mega contracts and the teams who are doing it don't care about the qualifying offer it's like a tiny number of people that it's like a weight on them one of those Rizzo got it, didn't he? And then he he yeah. turned it down and took an extension. Yeah. Um, there's like a, a handful each year, sometimes even less yeah. than that. And the two that took it were Jock Pedersen and Martin Perez, who both have got an annual salary way better than they would yeah. have got on the market. That's the thing. You can kind of split it up into groups, can't you? The like qualifying offer stuff is like you say. You have basically if you're above that salary, then you're going to get the offer. Like you're above that quality of player, basically, and you obviously have the mega guys like the Grom and Judge who are like never going to accept it anyway. You're basically just doing it to get the draft pick. Yeah. Um, and a few other guys that may be near that. I mean, like Radone, probably Trey Turner. Similar kind of situation. And then you have guys that are basically would think about taking it. Um. And a lot of the time, either they, like those guys, then end up getting 
they're either basically going to take the qualifying offer or sign another contract. Mm. Which is kind of how you ended up with some other stuff happening straight away, like Rizzo, like you're saying. You re-signed with the, um, the Yankees. Or it's kind of, they wouldn't have given him that contract if it wasn't for the qualifying offer. It's basically, you know, he was like, they give him the qualifying offer and he goes back to negotiation and gets this other contract pretty much. Um, and a similar thing with Tyler Anderson. Although he moved, uh, he moved teams. Yeah, he, he actually went to the Angels. But where it's kind of, because this qualifying offer, the guys that might accept it kind of make forces other teams' hands. So if they want that guy, like you have to do it now, otherwise they're going to just take the qualifying offer and stay. Yeah, it's like it's like a negotiation starting point for that select group of players. But it's a very small group of players, isn't it? In each free agent class, it's mm-hmm. like what, like four or five guys fall into that group. Because most of those that got offered it, like obviously Judge DeGrom, all of the, the premier shortstops, are all eyeing. It might affect, I think we'll come on to that a little bit, the lower end of that group. Maybe it's a part of the negotiation for signing them. I'd argue that some of those guys maybe should have taken it. Um, What, to to avoid being in competition I've kind of always thought this with the qualifying offering, is because you're then, once you've had it once, you're then not eligible to have one again. Um, So you can just take it, have a bigger salary for a year. And basically, if you if you think that you're worth the money that you're going for, then it should be okay. I'll just do that again next year. And well, then that's you get what the Kevin Gausman just did. Was that? Yeah. Kevin Gausman did exactly that. Was he, he wasn't he non-tendered? Signed with the Giants for not very much. Was really good. Got the qualifying offer. Mm. Took that, and then got the big contract. So he effectively got like a six-year yeah. high AAV deal from it because he got it was five and one ten, wasn't it, or five and one five or something. As a free yeah. agent. And he got the A team before that. So, for example, I don't know, maybe some people would. I would say, like, Swanson maybe should have taken it. But this might just be my opinion of Swanson. I don't know. Um, I've got some stuff on Swanson that I'll come to in a second. But on the guys that have taken it, I think the Jock Pedersen like fits this high cost short deal thing that we're seeing across baseball a bit. Carlos Carrera obviously being like the headline one last off season is the length as has been the problem in these like very cold stove off seasons is where it's been players wanting these contracts that we know are going to suck it for like five years sometimes at the end. And teams are actually okay doing the big AAV. Scherzer obviously, I know he was at an age where he wasn't going to get eight years, but he got three and it was like, look, we're pretty confident you're going to be good for at least two of these years. We don't mind giving you a huge number for those years. And the Pedersen one's like, yeah, it's like a kind of, it represents all of that. In the, that's, a, I think, for a year of Jock Pedersen, that's a really big overpay. But it's also better than having to do like, I don't know, three and 60 or something. Yeah, because you're, um, you're kind of reasonably confident. After well, last year was his career best year, and the year before that, obviously with the Braves, that he's going to be, he's going to be good next year. But I, I wouldn't necessarily have that much confidence beyond that. He's a massive extremes guy. So, I as a like side note, I think the contracts like this are better for the sport because this is also a way to avoid franchises being crippled and just sucking for like a decade. 
but he is a one two seven weighted runs created plus against righties since the start of twenty eighteen. It's like a long time. I know it's um the platoon advantage, but that's better than Giancarlo Stanton and J D Martinez over that period. Against righties. Yeah, most pitchers are right handed. And yeah. they get paid quite a lot more than he does. The downside of him is he is basically like a DH defensively. Yeah. And um, he's like scorching hot and really ice cold as a hitter. Don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, over 162 games, it kind of all evens out. It means he can like win you two series in a row. But if he was just your everyday DH, you would have bits where it's like he's not, nothing's happened. Yeah, that's kind of why it's a bit much, isn't it? It's because he's, although maybe in the kind of more wet, um, lineups move around more these days. And like the Giants are obviously one of the teams that do that a lot. Where it kind of doesn't matter, but in a more traditional sense, he is very much like a good bench guy, pretty much, or platoon guy. Um, and a platoon DH, I guess, is kind of well, yeah, that, that's where it goes idea. from. Like, yeah, if he was a, a even an average corner defender, are you platooned? It would be very different to because that he's now had his he's had like a go against lefties a bit over the last couple of years as well, and it hasn't worked he's like a righty masher i think that's kind of what his career yeah. is um, um have you got anything more on jock no i was just one thing i was just going to say is that you hope that they're going to um they're going to be getting a very powerful right-handed outfielder anyway um on yeah. top of that so yeah he, he, he can deal with the lefties it's one of those signings that you see in all sports, but it definitely is like the context of it matters. Is with the yeah. Giants, and they've been quite public about the spending power they've got on all of these yeah. things. Is if their spending power gets used on that, and they then like do loads of like two or three year dice rolls on guys that are yeah but high upside. Or basically, they've had like well, Posey, Belt, um, Longoria, or like I mean, Posey obviously was the year before because he retired. All those guys gone. Um, I mean, at the moment, obviously, like Rodone is free agent. Who knows if they're going to get him back? But like, that's a lot of money that they were spending last year, the last couple of years. It's gone. Like they've got. If you you can look compare their payroll, commit payroll at the moment to like the World Series teams, they've got a lot of room. Like they can afford to give nineteen million or whatever to basically a platoon guy. <laughs> Well, and like I said, a very good platoon guy at that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd, I've just got a quick thing on Martin Perez because it's he's one where the qualifying off is actually amazing for him. Is even after the year he just had, he was not going to get almost twenty million a year on yeah. like a multi-year deal. He, and if he was getting a multi-year deal, to be honest, he was probably close to ten. Um, his Sub three ERA is like a little bit misleading. Like his expected ERA was the higher threes. Yeah, and, and also his numbers have never been even close to this. Was, um, before last year, he had a four point seven career ERA, and he was also on a four million dollar contract for last season. So it's like a huge increase. Um, he also um, he has over the last two years his sinker usage has gone up a lot. Four seam has gone down. That kind of like pitch mix change. But there's nothing there to suggest he's like an all-star starter. But he might no. be like a decent three now. 
Um, and the big thing here, a little bit like with the Giants, actually, is the fact they even gave it to him suggests the Rangers, like, big splash last se- off-season was not just one little spree, I think. Yeah, maybe. Although, I'm still not sure about it, how wise that is, because they obviously do have a lot of money tied up in those guys they gave last year. So they, you feel like they need to kind of, the rest of the payroll, they need to kind of stretch it as far as they can. I'm not sure it's sensible, uh, but I prefer, again, I prefer them doing this. And then if it doesn't work, they can just like say bye to Perez after this year. Than if they did, yeah, if we used the like three and 60, three and 55 kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so they are still only 12th in payroll for next year. They've got, they're on 108 million. Like there's room for them to do another couple of big things at least. I'm not sure, as you said, I don't think that's what I'd do if I was their GM right now. Um, but it does, <laughs> I think it does indicate they might be players. They're clearly willing to spend some money. Yeah, I think they always will be, won't they? The Rangers don't want those. They're going to spend money even if it's not. In... Not the right answer. Yeah. Um... Have you got anything more on the qualifying offer, guys? I mean, well, there's a lot of them. I guess it, I guess it depends what we're talking about. The, the, guys, that, <laughs> the guys that accepted them. Um well, I, I think the guys that didn't get... I mean, like, on the players in general, there's plenty more. I think on the actual qualifying offer part of it is a bit of a non-factor for most of them, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we could go to Swanson. You said you had some stuff on them. I've got, like, a shortstop in my and notes. I've just I, got, like, a yeah. shortstop category. Uh, well, I was just going to say with Swanson, um, these ones, guys, that I would have thought maybe should have taken it. Um... I was going to say I disagree. And then I look at what the notes have actually got down for him. And even if he's going to get better AAV and maybe a longer deal, I'd be tempted. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he shouldn't bet on himself with this. But he's had had one season with over an 800 OPS. One season so far. The thing is, his numbers aren't that great. Like I'm not... Look at his numbers. I don't know if he is necessarily getting higher higher AAV than that right now. And then you look at the other shortstops on the market, and it's like he's a long way down that pecking order. So the he's like a he's like a a diet heavy buyers in some ways. Yeah, he's he he strikes out a lot, barely walks. Um, I agree with you. Like he's at least one notch below the other shortstops. His actual offensive numbers are not special at all. No, I guess I guess for like a shortstop, like a normal shortstop, they're, they're good. Like he's a good offensive player and he can defend well. It's like he's a good solid shortstop to have. But he's not like going to be a superstar like most of the other guys that are available. So that kind of leads into, I have two questions to pose to you about shortstops about him being good at shortstop. Because the thing is with these guys, is Swanson included, I think they're, they're going to want contracts where they're not going to be a shortstop at some point. Yeah. Um, and that's where the offense matters, is being good for a shortstop is uh, not enough. Yeah, that's the thing. Is 
it's like this could be I mean he should be like his offensive peak at the moment as well I mean you don't know you can get players and go up or down in baseball like later in their career but the like 770 780 I'd say that OPS looks like his sort of offensive peak and it's like if you're that guy in a few years maybe you drop off from that a bit offensively and then you're moving to a corner um and you don't feel good about it. So, although he's, he is, he's only his age twenty nine season next year, I would point that out. So he's probably got a good few years left at shortstop potentially. It depends how you feel about his work. I I think I saw something a while ago. It's like he's looking for like seven years, and that's when you get into the yeah. There's some pain. That's, that's so, a few years at the end where he's not playing shortstop probably. Yeah. So my two questions, and I think these are tied. If I was in a front office, these two would be part of the same thing. Who gets the biggest total contract? And how do you feel about each of them at other positions in like three plus years ish? Um, okay, should we should we get the? Do you want to give me the list of shortstops we're talking about? So Trey Turner, he's an average shortstop defender. He's played center and played a lot of second. Carlos Correa. He was 18th percentile and outs above average at shortstop last year. I've just given the defensive stuff at the moment. Dansby Swanson, we just covered, and Xander Bogarts. They are the four like primary shortstops in this class. That's the, they're going to be the hype over okay. the next few weeks, aren't they? I mean, Correa is obviously the, the biggest bat there in terms of just like all round hitting ability and like power that like translates to like by third for example um so he's the guy that yeah it's like you you don't mind necessarily giving him the big contract because of how like he's definitely the big bat um turner I think I wouldn't mind having him. I mean, it's kind of this is the kind of thing where the AOV obviously depends. Is even though a lot of his thing is about speed, he is still a, like a, a good hitter, like a very decent hit. Like he's he's a bet without his speed, he's a better hitter than Swanson. Um, and well, he's had a lot of years, a lot better than Swanson's ever been as a hitter. Um, I so do- I, to, I wouldn't actually mind having him like. I know, into like maybe his mid thirties, but that's like a. He's going to get more than that, though. Yeah, he's good. That's the thing with him is so. I'm, and I I don't know. Obviously, when he gets like latter thirties, the speed is just irrelevant. But I also wonder. He's not like a great shortstop defender, but because he's got the speed, providing he doesn't have like bad injuries that mean his speed completely disappears, does that give you like a buffer with aging? Do you think, so that in a few years when the others have gone from like good defenders but they've like they now can't run yeah he's still going to run he's still going to be like an average runner and it means that he can play second to a like decent level or something yeah yeah I mean he's a great hitter at second that's the thing it's basically if he's if he's an everyday second baseman he's like it's him and Jose Altuve isn't it as the best second baseman yeah in the whole sport by like quite a distance unless I forgot someone um, and I, I'm with you on Correa. I, whenever I look at his, whether I'm on, you're on, whatever website you go on with Carlos Correa, 
his power numbers are like impressive, but then you look at his strikeouts and his walk rate. It's really nuts what he does. So I'm just getting out. Like his hitting profile, his actual numbers haven't always like delivered quite on the this guy's going to be an MVP thing. Yeah. But also then you look at who he actually is, like everything about the profile of him is like, this could be a shortstop that has like a, a 950 OPS. Yeah, he's not a ma- I mean, he's, yeah, he's flirted with that a couple of times. But yeah, he's for a guy with that amount of power, which is the thing with the Astros, as we said in our last podcast, they've always been and then be obviously being a key part of those teams. Um, he's lots of power, but not super high strikeouts. I mean, he does strike out a bit, like compared to um, Altuve, for example. But he's not a guy that's going to strike out 200 times, anywhere near that. He also turned 28, basically at the end of the playoffs this year. Yeah, he he's a guy that he's probably another guy that's getting a 10-year deal. Well, everyone thought he was going to get it last year and then he opted not yeah. to. And then he had a good year. Yeah, which just raised his value, if anything, really. Although, I wonder if there is there is a bit of a... Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you'd have to know the details of this more. Um, but a bit of a durability issue, maybe, with him because he's never really played a full season. Um. I mean, he's had quite a few years where he's missed like big chunks of games, like fifty games. Yeah, and that's the thing is like when you said about his seasons in the nine hundreds in the OPS, is it was one hundred and nine in two thousand seventeen and seventy five in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Last two last two years, to be fair, he's played one hundred and forty eight and one hundred and thirty six. Like you can live with that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think you're not getting many guys that are playing more than that these days. Really, that's just like normal kind of resting every yeah like 15 games or something yeah absolutely so and i think this is the thing is so those two i have like above bogarts who he doesn't strike out much but he's got quite a lot less power than like correa pretty consistent just that last few years but it's where the bat like it's almost like damage limitation, I guess, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't want to think of it like this when you sign a superstar. But because you kind of have to give them the contract that you know has pain in it at some point. Is, yeah. And I know you're projecting a long way into the future. There's loads of injuries that can happen. All sorts of stuff could change. They could change the baseball 25 times before then at this rate. But is like so if you think or oh, confident in the next three or four years we're gonna get this guy that's like all star, maybe fringe MVP. When we have to move they inevitably move somewhere else. You don't have like very many people who are playing yeah, a possible shortstop in their like late thirties, mid thirties. So what's their bat look like? And like as you said, is there room for their bat to get a bit worse and still be like okay or decent as like a third baseman or a second baseman? Yeah. Um, and I guess I guess your point is your point with um, Bogarts if he loses a bit of power, he's kind of then like not particularly spectacular as a corner guy. Yeah, you'd want him at like I guess maybe he just moves to second. It doesn't feel as bad. I kind of keep thinking of the moving to third thing. You end up yeah. with a, a third baseman who's got like a 
an OPS in the 700s and hit like 15 home runs and you're paying him like 30 million a year for the privilege. Yeah, well, that doesn't look great, does it? But yeah. So we we basically think Correa is the answer to to both of those, do we? Yeah, I think this is this is a wait. So what what was both of them? Biggest contract and how do you feel about them at another position? Um, yeah, Correa is going to get the biggest contract, and I feel best five in our position, kind of for the kind of linked. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I think not everyone would view them as linked, as it would be you make these free agent signings, worry about it later. Yeah, you want them for now if you're trying to win right now. But I think that does matter if you're trying to be like a sustained competitive team. Yeah, and it's basically the key to being competitive is, I mean, it helps if you don't make bad decisions. Yeah, really. Yeah, you don't yeah, give out bad smoking context. hot take. But I mean, a lot of the time teams don't. That, that's not the way teams work, is it? Like, oh, we want to be competitive, throw money at it, um, and don't worry about. Like, you know, if it's going to make sense in a couple of years. Um, I think the key thing there as well with Correa is that with that shortstop market, he's kind of going to be the guy, isn't he? The... Basically, I'd be quite surprised if the other guys go. Maybe Swanson, because he might just be have a different different teams after him. But if they get go off the market before Correa does... Yeah, I agree. And on that note, I kind of jotted down like the fits. Loads they've all been kind of reported anyway. But you've got the three that lost them. So the Braves, Dodgers twins are all in here, I think. The Giants, even with Crawford, because he's aging quite significantly last year and he's only got one year left. The Yankees, because you have to include the Yankees on these lists, otherwise you're not allowed to talk about baseball or something, I think. Um the Marlins, Tigers, and Phillies. The Marlins might sound like a weird one, but they do act like if they're ever going to spend, this is the sort of thing they should consider doing. They need like a big bat. Yeah. And defense. And the I, Tigers, they could just put Baez to, sh- to second. Yeah. I don't know if they're going that big, though, on the. Um, for like Correa. Mar- I can't see the Marlins. No, neither can I. Um, I, I don't think they are either. I think and they also because they because they I feel like they're quite well run at the moment. Is they're maybe not going to do the give Swanson like six years. I hope not. I think that'd be a really big mistake. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know. I I think maybe they're more likely to get. I mean, basically because maybe they can't afford a big bat that's also a good defender. <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. Or like a like a, a premium defensive position at least. Like I can see them more likely. I don't know who this is at the moment because I can't remember all the free agents off the top of my head. But someone who's like a big bat with power. That's like a corner guy. Jose Bray. Yeah, maybe Jose Bray. Although do they have some? I don't know. They don't. No. They had Aguilar, didn't they? But he's, he basically fell off again. Yeah, I, I think they they can. Also, with the DH now. It kind of doesn't matter yeah. if you've got someone, does it? Um, the Marlins were 24th in wins above average at first base last year. Okay, so that so, yeah, uh, that, that might be the move for them. Uh, the White Sox were 7th with Jose Abreu getting almost all the player appearances. That seems like a a plan, doesn't it, really? Um, 
I, I agree with you on the minds. I just thought I'd throw them in there because they're sort of team that like they're kind of at the right like point of coming out of the rebuild where it makes sense. Um, I also had them. I don't know how much you want to do this. I don't know how much time we've got, but Brandon Nimmo, um, they need like outfield defense. Yeah, uh, we've got we've got a bit of time. We've got about fifteen minutes. The Phillies kind of uh, make sense for him as well. Maybe two lefty if they get him with Harper and Schwarber. That's like a lot of money in lefties. Yeah. Uh, but he like <laughs> he had a ten point five percent walk rate this year, which is worse since his rookie year. It's like a, a drop off with walking for him. I like that stuff when you're going for a long contract. Yeah, this this Nimmo we're talking about. Yeah, ninetieth out yeah. outs above average, ninetieth percentile. The that is. Thing I always like about him is he basically he pimps his walks as well, like bat flips on walks. Yeah, he should get extra money for that, really, shouldn't he? My pick for Nimmo though here, um, I reckon he might go to the Blue Jays. What and they so they can push Springer to a corner after the. Maybe, or or he can play the corner. But my main reason is a little segue here. We can maybe come back to these players in a minute. Um, but the trade you mentioned earlier. Teosco uh, Hernandez. Teosco Hernandez for Eric Swanson, was it? The relief pitcher who had a good year last year. Struck yeah. Guys going the other way. So that was Teosco Hernandez going to the Mariners. Um. In, and that's the after he so he had a breakout in 2021 for war, dropped off a bit last year, but he's obviously still like a really good power corner outfielder. Um, and based the reason for them doing that trade, I think, is because they're kind of too righty heavy. So they're basically trying to make a room for a left-handed outfield bat. And that's the one. That's basically your, your guy. Yeah, and if you want a left-handed outfield bat this year. Brandon Nimmo. I also, what I like about him is not only does the walks tend to age quite well, but he's really good defensively. And I know that can sometimes mean there's a cliff coming, but kind of like we spoke about with Turner, I sort of want to believe whether this is true or not. That gives you like room to get worse before you're a DH. Um, He turns 30 in March, which compared to some free agents is like relatively young. And his bat is good enough, like shortstops. Is if he becomes a right fielder or a left fielder, you're not like that contract is horrific. Yeah, he's not like oh you know the Lorenzo Cain deal for instance, where it was like if he can't play center field at like a near elite level, his bat like doesn't work at that money at all. Yeah, I mean he he's just like a good hitter, really, isn't he, Nemo? I mean he's over 800 OPS for his career. Um, not always loads of power, but like the walks, as you say, is like you want to go walks that much in front of the Blue Jays lineup. I yeah, think that might be a good the, idea. The Blue Jays don't need another star hitter, but you get a guy, put a guy in the middle that's going to defend well, and um, he can run as well. He, I don't, I don't know what his stealing numbers, are, but he's like quick. Yeah, just um, a lot of tools. And so I think I, he's also one that maybe just the Mets pay to keep him. Like if, you, if you've got unlimited money like the Mets, I would probably just be like, we'll have him, fine, whatever. So out later. Um, the other outfield guy, obviously, I, and I don't actually have much on this because I don't think it's actually that interesting at the moment, is obviously Aaron Judge. Uh, he visited the San Francisco Giants today. 
Tuesday. Did, did um, he act, I mean, I, I assume he did, but when supposedly. I clicked on the... Sorry? Uh, supposedly. I don't know if he did or not. Because I clicked... I didn't read the article of Judge to Meet with Giants. Brackets sources is what the headline on the LB website. Yeah. Have you read the article? No, I just... I went off a load of Twitter stuff, basically. Uh, well, basically, he was seen in San Francisco... And then he was asked, oh, what are you doing here? And he said, oh, I'm visiting some family and friends. I guess he might just be saying that. He does have family and friends there, I suppose. That, yeah, that is the thing. Is that that's part of the reason why he's linked to the Giants so much, is that he has well, the Giants that area. have also made been quite public about pursuing him. Um, on that note, I'm getting a little bit tired of it. Because he's, like, he's been really quiet, hasn't he? And he's, he's not got the Boras thing like other big free agents recently have had, where they hype it up and it's got to be this big like nonsense around it yeah and then it's, there's, and then no, nothing there's happens no news so everyone's just talking this garbage right and the thing with baseball free agent deals is nothing else really matters apart from the money they get there's all this like uh, the yankees re-signed rizzo or or he's from here or this team's going to be a winner very very few free agents in baseball does it come out that they took less money to sign somewhere else yeah is be who offers them the most money is basically it and maybe like state income tax then influences how much that money you get or whatever. Yeah, but, like, I don't, yeah, it's hard to know to be honest how much that stuff comes into it because we don't see what other offers they get. No, but uh, we have heard occasionally, like David Robertson a few years ago, yeah. like famously turned down offers to stay on the, I think it was to stay on the East Coast, wasn't that what the thing he chose to do? Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I, I think this stuff is usually, it's, it's relatively simple in baseball most of yeah. the time, I think. Although there is a quote from Judge here that I'll read out along these lines of what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so here's the quote. He said, there's teams that we've talked to. For me, if we're going to build a winged team, if I can get my stuff out of the way, so then kind of move on and add some more pieces to build teams up, I think that's always an advantage for wherever I go. Um, so I don't know. I mean... So is he going to take less money so they can sign a few more hitters? That's the thing. Is it maybe not. No chance. Um, I, the, but with, I think with I sorry, guess maybe ahead. with this kind of thing is that there's probably not going to be a shortage of offers. Um, but I don't know if that maybe suggests that he's not just going to draw out as long as possible to get the biggest possible offer, which maybe was what's happened before. Is that maybe it's there's going to be a lot of offers come at him like early on, and he might just be like, you know, kind of it might go fairly quickly. It might be less. Well, it's also it's not Scott Bar- Scott Boras. Sorry, that's the big difference with this as well, isn't it? The how the whole way it's been handled, the amount of stuff that's getting leaked to the media, um, it's a very very different soap opera. In the fact that there's no soap opera. Um, yeah. My thing on this is I think oddly, after the contract was rejected at the start of the year, I think the year he just had actually makes the Yankees way more likely to re-sign him than if he had like a normal good year because the I think the PR of letting him walk from here yeah. is so bad that even the Yankees who've been a bit more sensible have not had out of these nuts contracts that it's like after the year he just put together and all the hype around it and the records he broke I just I just think it's really really hard and I think because of his age there's not for a team like the Giants or anyone else 
to get like inventive and try and do something shorter, like the Korea thing maybe with opt out opt outs or something. Is um so he just gotta double check this. He turns thirty one in April, just after the start of the new season. And after the season he just had, his value's not gonna be higher than this. So giving him like a here's your four year deal with a massive AAV but you can opt out at different points. That probably doesn't make much sense for him either. Is like you, he's no. going to be able to get like a ten and this is his best chance here. to get the huge payday. Yeah, so that's why I think it's simple. Is like there might be a little bit of he wants it to be a winner. He wants to help with some of that, but for the most part, it just looks like that. There's not yeah, there's not the kind of curveball thing that we got with Correa because of his age and the the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be. Kind of after mention as well, there are the with him as well, there are the durability issues potentially. Um, but at the same time, it is also the couple of years he has managed to like be fit all year, he has been like the, the best hitter in the league. He's basically Barry Bonds when he's, he's healthy, yeah. So Swings and roundabouts, I guess. Speaking of durability issues, I'll just run through a few players quickly. Here. So, Jacob DeGrom, right. 230 regular season and postseason innings since 2019. I know that includes the pandemic, but that's also, there's just no proof in quite a while now. Since he's been in his 30s, we don't have a full regular season of Jacob DeGrom pitching. Just hasn't happened. No. Still great, obviously. When he pitches, he's like top what three starters in the game or something would you do three and 120 would you do like two and 90 or two and a hundred younger uh, than scherzer when he got his deal last year of course he's probably going to want longer yeah, yeah. i mean I, I would do that not if it's my money obviously because i don't have that money i could do maybe three and 120 pounds <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure though. Um, but yeah, he will. He's going to get longer than that, isn't he? I think. I mean, because even with these durability issues, when with how good he is and like the caliber of player he is and all of that, it's almost like the bit of durability issue almost doesn't come into it that much. I agree, but I would not go longer than no. three, I think. I start to feel very uncomfortable yeah. with longer than I'm, three years because he's already I mean, like breaking down yeah. a bit. I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't come into it, but it just seems to me with that those kind of players is often, well, often it doesn't unless they choose to maybe go shorter. Which he won't at his age. Like Correa did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think yeah. he's going big. Yeah, I agree. Another one, I, these are a few pictures, basically. Carlos Radon, basically the best from age. So of the like the top group of pitchers, he's 30. Verlander is 40. DeGrom is 35. Eovaldi is 33. Chris Bassett is 34. And then this is just on the uh, the wall list from the like, last couple of years. Kyle Gibson is 34 and Sean Manair is 34. Radon obviously had a healthy season last year. Got um, Cy Young votes. One of those guys where you'd think the draft pick attached shouldn't matter. He's going but to be probably looking at the Ray and Gaussman deals as like the minimum, I would have thought. 
Yeah, I think he's probably around that. The thing is, he basically took that short deal last year, didn't he? As basically to kind of prove his health, or to try kind of that. And he did, and he did more than that because he was awesome. And then was amazing. So he that basically worked exactly how I wanted. Um, So I would like to the Giants to get him back. I would. I think I would like the Giants to get him back. What about five one two five? Would you do that? Um. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that's where I that's where I start to get a bit wincy, I think. Yeah, um I mean, and then any picture over five years, I wouldn't do and it to be honest, it doesn't happen very often that a picture gets over five years, is it? No. And then Verland is the last picture, like I think really worth talking about that much at the moment. Rooms of the Dodgers typically I only big because I think he's gonna be looking at the Scherzer thing, understandably. Yeah, he's get the same thing, I think. I'd just go back to Houston if I was him. He's, yeah. They just won the World Series. I think there, yeah, there is a chance that he leaves Houston then he's not as good. Although if he goes to Dodgers, he may... Be even better. So maybe even better. Knows. But anywhere else, then he could just go go back to... He could maybe be a 4 ERA guy or something somewhere else. But he could stay at Houston and... Win a couple more World Series, probably. Cement is Hall of Fame place. Have you? Um, have we got time for like one or two more players? We've got a couple of minutes. Okay. Wilson Contreras. Oh, I don't even know. Just turned 30. He swings and misses, but he walks. He can't frame, really. He's like well below average as a framer. Defensively, a little bit like, don't know how that's going to look forever. I mean, yeah, he's not. A few years ago, I would have said he's like one of the like premier catchers pretty much, isn't he? But I don't know if he is there now. Um. Also... Before, I would have said his versatility was a thing, but I don't think he's played outfield in a long time, has he? No, and Grandal got the 4-70, and 70, but that's also not gone that well. And he was slightly less productive offensively, but a better defender. You think maybe around that mark, but then you look at the like Mets, Cardinals, Astros, you could all make a case for him. The Tigers have got a catching prospect 10th in their list, but... I wouldn't have thought that I'd stop them. Maybe there, don't know. Yeah, they, I could. Yeah, maybe the Tigers give him too much money. I could. That's that's my pick. Okay, following the bias thing, and just very quickly, um, a very random one. Jaime Candelario only turns twenty nine on your birthday, actually on Thursday. Um, really weird thing where his walk rate went from like around ten percent for his career to six percent in twenty twenty two, which you like never see walk rates just crumble like that. Uh, he is had it, a one three seven. You know what that is? What? You do. You do know. This is the Javi Baez effect. Yeah, exactly. It's contagious. But he had. He was way above average in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Trouble is, he doesn't look like he can defend at third. Basically. Um, so it's no. like you get him maybe to play first. Like, could the Astros do that? And like, that, it turns he, out to be amazing. He, I don't. Know, I don't really know what's going on because. Those numbers from last year do not look pretty for a first baseman. If people are saying that he's going to be, they don't. But that's what I mean. It's like super by low. The Astros probably are too good to bother with it. But if you're a rebuilding team, who thinks you could do something there? Because he was he was yeah. like really good. I, the shortened season and then twenty twenty one. Yeah, he was really good for yeah. The shortened season and then the season after, and now he's not good again. He wasn't really good before that. 
I just don't get it. why he would start sucking randomly in his like mid mid to late twenties. No, it could just be that that was it, that good season. That was him, yeah. Oh, that was that was a peak. But that's the sort of thing I'd like to see. Like some teams that are not going to be good try. Yeah. Um, like the Tigers, maybe. Yeah, they, they should have just kept him. Yeah. Um, all right, that brings us to the end. I think, and we will we will definitely be doing more of these. As we'll be ready in the blocks when Aaron Judge signs. Happen. Yeah. Well, do an emergency Aaron Judge podcast when that happens. Probably it's probably not going to be that soon, but who knows? Like, subscribe. Can you like? I don't know. I can't remember if you like podcasts. Five star review. Yeah, all of those things, all the good stuff. Just do the good, the positive things. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.